You're listening to a download from the Wrexham Supporters Association's football commentary. For more podcasts, blogs and video logs, visit us at www.wrexhamfan.co.uk. Dragon Talk, the podcast that discusses everything about Wrexham FC. This week in Dragon Talk, we look forward to the key matches ahead. See where the Brian Little is a tactical genius. Is there any hope for Richard Hope? And ask is Gavin Ward, our latest racecourse cult hero. Well, hello and welcome to our first in a regular series of podcasts chatting about all matters Wrexham. We're coming to you from a pod buried 100 metres below the centre circle at the racecourse and my panel of Wrexham fans that we're going to chew the fat with are Alan Mathias, Anthony Hughes, Tom Dunn and Leah Samuel. Well, uh, I think it's obvious what we've got to look at first. We could be coming up with the most important part of the season here, the huge run of games against sides that we can beat. Do you think this is make or break for us this season? It's fairly simple. You've got to win every game to stay up. I mean, yeah, we've got, like you say, Brentford away, Dagenham are home, Barnet away, Mansfield away, Macclesfield at home. Well, I mean, all the teams in around us. I mean, do you think that's the case, Anthony? Do you think we've got no yeah, me? big games there? Need need the wins. Just got to get the victories and get as many points as you can from each game. It's a, it's a it's being vital at the end of the season. These points will count. These are the games you need to win. You do get the impression, don't you? If we, if we don't take advantage of these games now, we're really playing catch-up later on, aren't we? Especially our home games have got more around our area, like Macclesfield and, Man- and Mansfield and Dagenham. If we win those and they lose, mm-hmm. we're climbing up the table, basically. So. But the problem is our, our pitch doesn't look too clever, does it? Mm-hmm. Uh, our home form, in a way, do you think? Do you think our home form is as good as our away form at the moment? Uh, we concede less goals now, which is a lot better than it used to be. Because every Saturday I used to turn on Sky Sports when I wasn't away and expect to see a five nil. <laughs> I heard that um, it's been more away wins than home wins in League Two this season. It's like the first yeah. season ever. Yeah, there's been yeah. more away wins. It's very peculiar, that isn't yeah. it? To see away teams doing so well. Yeah, but the whole league. All uh, oh, right, I'll be a sad anorak now. The whole league is a bit upside down, and I was working out like a form table from when Brian Little first put his strong his new team out, the team against MK Dons. And I've just got it up on our, our laptop. Then sorry, you lot. It's on it's on our blog. You can have a look at that if you want to. Um, uk. Um, although we're bottom of the real table since we beat MK Dons, if you t- take that as the first day of the season, we'd be thirteenth. We'd only be what. Five points of the playoffs with three games in hand. You know, we have really turned it around, but if you look at it, you also see that all the other teams down the bottom of the table as well. They're all in form as well. It's, it's incredible, isn't it, the way these shock results keep happening all the time? Everyone seems to be aiming at the moment, taking over Mansfield, but we need to be thinking about taking over Mansfield and taking over Macclesfield because we've got to remember it's the bottom two that go down. Everyone just seems to be intent on getting off the bottom at the moment, but you need to get out of the bottom two. Mm. That's absolutely right, isn't it? Everyone seems focused on Mansfield, but stuff them. They're doing as well as us at the moment. We need to jump over a couple more, don't we, really? Should be focusing on Chester and Shrewsbury. Mm. Look at that. Last 10 games of Shrewsbury, five points. Last 12 games of Chester, four points. I mean, they're, they're in 
free fall, don't you think, Tom? With teams of form like that, might say uh, it might be the teams we can get after. Yeah, I think that they're not doing very well. But uh, I think if we would have put our, all our non-injury players, I think we could easily get out of these hard games that are coming up. I think that we would be able to beat them, but mm-hmm. a bit hard luck that they're not playing at the moment. Yeah, well, that, that leads us on to. Uh, Leah was talking about this before our sort of midfield curse. You got a theory about that, I think, haven't you? <laughs> With like Robbo, Robert started like up as a striker, then turned to midfield and started getting injured. Same with um, Taylor, he come from defence, left back, and then come to midfield, got injured the first games in midfield. Don't think, I think it's a little curse going round. It's a nightmare, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, you've got those two, Whitley's ass as well, Sonner is ass. We miss them, don't we, really? It's Roberts and Sonner were like really important because Sonner would be playing the balls, and when Proctor and the likes used to be getting up there and into the box, when there was rebounds into the centre of the box, Roberts used to get in and be on those and finish him off, and that's why he was scoring his goals. And on Saturday, there was a perfect case when uh, I, th- can't, I think it was Proctor shot across the goal, and the keeper just parried it into the six yard box, and there was nobody there to follow up, and that's where Roberts was. He's, um, Roberts' strike rate, goals per game since he's gone to midfield, is better than his career strike rate as a striker. Funnily enough, he actually scores, he's more regular scorer as a midfielder, like I said, getting up and supporting people. And if you notice that since Roberts has been out, he's switched to three up front. Because, like I said, he needs that third man in the box to try and latch onto things. And our midfielders aren't those sort of midfielders, are they, really? I think uh, that's the difference about Brian Little. It's, uh, he's got, he can know where players can go. You know, mm. He's like, give him a chance to go in midfield, and then it works, doesn't it? Yeah. That's, a, that's why we've done so well since he's come, I think. Changed the whole team round, basically. Like, he's made like, Steve Evans a much stronger, solid player. And Broughton and Proctor together, mm. their goals when they're t- up together, have been better all season. So. I think the, the switch to four four two's worked well because on Saturday, uh, I had Broughton saying in an interview that um, he was playing with a lot more confidence because he had a lot more support in that formation. That was an interview with me actually. Funnily enough, let's have a little listen to it. Manager change of formation today, and I think credit to him. You know, really today. His management really, you know, recognising that and changing, changing the system and stroke of genius for him, really. Yeah. Switching to four four two might give you more in the air. Your wide man. Yeah, yeah. Works. I think all of a sudden, yeah, there's there's a bit more support for his, you know, maybe it was a bit isolated before, so um, just really worked all, worked well all the way around. So Drew Broughton there, some uh, pretty encouraging words. He, he's he makes a difference up front, I think, doesn't he? He's a he's a real bruiser, isn't he? The leader. That's someone I think we lacked the start of the. Um, start of the season, but since he's come, I think the team's been more bonded together and working as one team compared to like the defence was working as defence, midfield wasn't even shouting at defence, and the strikers were just up front together. He's not really a goal scorer, he's more of a space creator. Like the other players seem to just feed off it, the space that he creates because every team just seems to be absolutely the, the back four just seems to be arguing between who's going to mark him. Yeah, yeah. He like, holds the ball up well, right? When he gets the support, he like, usually creates a lot of goals from that. He's, he's one of these centre forwards who creates disruption around him. I think. He, he, some centre forwards, they'll win it if he put it on straight on their head, but otherwise they won't. But Broughton, even if he's not winning much, the centre backs can't care of it. Because he's in their face and he's knocking them around 
and he's he's really damaged some good centre backs. When Clark, the Bradford centre back, decent centre back, spent the whole second half against us just moaning at the referee because Broughton was in his face all the time. Um, Foster, the Darlington centre back, who I think is as good as anyone in the lower divisions, a tremendous defender, but Doncaster, rock solid defender, went off at half time because by the end of the first half he was just fouling Broughton, fouling Broughton. He couldn't do anything but chop him or pull him down, and he had to take him off at half time. He, he really. He scares the hell out of defenders, doesn't he? Yeah. And his fitness seems to be getting better mm. because the goal that he scored on Saturday, he covered a lot of distance to get mm. up to be able to just finish that off. But at the beginning, when he first came, he would have been just struggling to get past, off the goal line yeah. at that point. <laughs> that's, that's a good point. Isn't it? He kept up with Easton, and Easton's yeah. no slouch, is he? He's good quick. Run. Yeah, yeah. So, all credit to him. And. Sorry. The passion's there as well. He's, I know he's only been here like a matter of months, but I think since he's come, the fans have just got behind him, pushed him forward. He's pushed the players forward. It's just gone well for us. Yeah, I love seeing him at the back when we're defending and he's there organising the defence yeah. for the defenders. Uh, and he did talk afterwards in that interview about how proud he is to wear the armband. It's nice to see, isn't it? You know? Of course, he's taken the armband off. Well, maybe Neil Roberts has a bit harsh because he's been injured, but also off Richard Hope. Now, Hope, I think, I think uh, divides opinion around this table a bit more, doesn't he? Agent Hope. <laughs> oh, no, that's a bit harsh. <laughs> but we, we seem to have stopped letting goals in since he's gone out the team. I've got to say, I've got to say that, haven't I? <laughs> Everybody was going on about Richard Hope, saying, oh, we might have this new centre-back. And then you look at his record, he was captain of Shrewsbury and Chester, and both teams only kept him for a season, let go of him. So they, they're not going to be letting go of a star captain after a season. Their local rivals <laughs> led them down to Wembley. Then we get him. Never done much for us, I don't think. But I don't know. I think he could prove something to us, but I don't think he's really performed well as he could. So it's had quite a got quite a lot of good rotation in the past, but hasn't really done that for Wrexham. Mm-hmm. I think the only reason he's become captain because of his reputation, but he hasn't really like, lived up to what he's been known to do. The partnership between Bolland and Steve Evans works a lot better as well than Steve Evans and Hope because Steve Evans and Hope are quite similar. They're good in the air and they're bruisers, but and Steve Evans is good on the floor as well. But Richard Hope isn't as good and he makes a lot of mistakes. Whereas Bolland's just a calm, just a consistent player. He's a he, Evans is a bit quicker around the pitch than Hope, I think, isn't he? He, he can cover a bit better if people get in behind him. He's not fast. But he's a bit more mobile, isn't he? I think. I don't know. I played devil's advocate. Hope's brave. You know, he split his head open early in the season and kept playing, didn't he? And he's he's a talker, I think, and a, and a leader. And I think he's he's looked up to in the, the changing room. Can he can he can he change things? Around? Do you think Tom? It's easy for a player who has a bad run like this to turn it around, or is it impossible? Well, I don't know. You know, you can have like a good couple of games. I think anybody can, but. Uh... He's not that good, is he? You know, he's, <laughs> he's a bit on the things. I'd like yeah. if he was a good leader, and Finley wouldn't have been after a season from them other teams, you know. So I think we got better people to be a captain. Like, mm-hmm. so. Did we just get him because he led um, Shrewsbury to Wembley, or was we really looking at him in a good way? I don't really like um, talking about players bad. But I think he just needs to prove a little bit more, like Mike Williams did mm-hmm. against Lashley. He never had a good game. Then he proved in training, got a good start, and he was in the team. 
might even turn out to be a bit of a Simon Spender because Simon Spender was on the names that when he was on the team sheet used to make the fans cringe but then now if he's not on the team sheet that makes the fans cringe and the fans are saying oh what's Brian Little doing he hasn't included Spender because Spender virtually saved us single handedly at the end of last season he was a real light yeah it's been, we look more solid since he's come in I think as well this season hasn't he yeah I think I'll stick up for Hope here. I, I, I think I, I always used to see him for Shrewsbury and think he looks rock solid, really solid defender. And he's the sort of bloke I'd like to see in the lower division. He's big, he's tough, you know, he's aggressive. Um, but I can't help thinking he's one of these. He's a good penalty area defender. If you're if you're got your backs against the wall and you're desperate, you're hanging on. He's a bloke you would want on your side. Um, as long, but if the, if you're pushing up and getting caught on the break. He's not got the pace to cover back. If you if you're just packing the penalty area for the last twenty minutes, he'll win headers and he'll boot the ball away. But if you're trying to be constructive, you're defending higher at the pitch. People getting behind him and then he's he's got problems. I don't know. He's not really a skillful defender. He's more of just like no nonsense. Just get rid of it. Like. Oof. Was <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, it 1992? Okay, long time ago, I admit. Denmark won the European Championship. Real shock. And they won it in an odd way, basically by playing badly, but well, no, by de- playing defensively. But they had Schmeichling goal and a rock-solid defence in midfield, a patch of defensive midfielders, and they dig in, win on penalties, win 1-0. And they had a centre-back called Torben Pichnik, who in the European Championship, but should be the right top end of the game, shouldn't it? Looked sensational, absolutely fantastic. So good, Liverpool splurged out a lot of money for him. Nobody heard of him before, and Liverpool bought him. He was a joke. He was like, he was about as fast as a lorry with its handbrakes still on, and he just. In that European Championship, all he had to do was stay in his penalty area and head stuff and kick stuff. But once he was asked at Liverpool, obviously Liverpool wanted to dominate. Oh man, he was awful. And I kind of thinking that Hope's got the same sort of syndrome. Make it you know man to man physical battle. He could probably handle Broughton better than most lower division defenders physically. But ask him to get up and down the pitch. You know, quick strikers like um, like the Wickham strikers on Tuesday getting in behind him. And you're stuffed. Seems, yeah. seems a bit lazy, really, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of the fans are fairly critical, but one of the first rules of defending is if in doubt, kick it out. And that's just the basic rule when you get the ball, just whack it. Mm-hmm. If they, if you've got a striker, and he seems to play by that rules, he doesn't always look for the pass. He sort of looks for Rousset instead of mm-hmm. uh, Roberts or mm-hmm. Proctor. Uh, well, I'll tell you, he's thinking about someone getting clearance on <laughs> distance on clearances. One other thing we wanted to talk about. That's Gavin Ward. Um, again, I mean, how do we judge Gavin Ward? Because he's had some wonderful performances lately, but he's had, he's had a mistake as well, hasn't he? He looks good, but if you think about it, you could blame him for both the goals at Wickham. The week before, he saved us against Chester. So he gained his three points against Chester and lost his three points against Wickham. So what, what would you rather have? I mean, yeah. I know we just beat the local rivals and now we've got bragging rights until they beat us, but... At the end of the day, we're after three points. <laughs> but would you take three points out of six from those two games? Definitely. Before then, I prefer to take six or four. True, true. <laughs> <laughs> he does more good saves than worse saves, I think. Yeah. You know, he's. I don't. I can't think of anybody else who would go there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like. I don't, yeah. He made two good yeah. saves on Saturday, didn't he? Yeah. As well. Yeah. So, yeah. It's like up and down. Like one week he'll play a really good game, next week it'll be awful. And he's much better than Anthony Williams. He's a lot more solid and just inspires confidence. And he seems to control his back for a lot more. He's a good communicator, isn't he? But like last season, Anthony Williams, Anthony Williams, we like 
relied on him to save and our back four was a bit shaky. This season our back four's solid and our um, goalkeeper is solid but, so we don't really need to put all the pressure on Ward which I think um, gives a little bit more space for him to drive the players forward. Yeah, I, I seems to be a bit of a curse at Wrexham though. Like mm. Anthony Williams last season, hero. This season, horror. And we had Mike Kingham a few seasons ago who came, and everyone just thought, oh, you know. And then he left to go and play higher up the divisions, and he came back, and everyone was sort of thinking, oh, get him out instead <laughs> mm-hmm. of oh, get him. Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's a matter of confidence. I'm speaking as a failed goalkeeper. Goalkeeping is a matter of confidence as well, and I think this, you can see in Anthony Williams that when he came last year, organisation was his big thing. He was a terrific organiser, but when things start to go wrong, he lose that confidence to tell defenders what to do. I think it happened with Ward, who was kicking at Wickham, where you could see. I mean, he was playing into a gale, but you could see when you look back at the goals, he tries different types of kicks because it's getting into his head that my kicks aren't getting enough clearance on it. And you know, I know from experience when you start letting things like doubts come into your head. It could be an issue, and yeah, I'm, I'm you know brought him up, but I'm not meaning to be critical because I think he's earned us an awful lot of points, and I, d- I just hope he's I don't I don't think he's quite as dominant in the box as he could be, and I'd, in the air for a huge blow because he is about six five or something, mm. you know I hope that doesn't turn into something that gets to him a little bit. You know? He looks for a goalkeeper as well, like some goalkeepers look broad shouldered, but and six foot five, but from the stands he definitely doesn't look over six foot. He looks like four foot something <laughs> he just looks tiny in the oh. box but he's, he's good agile and he gets down to his saves yeah yeah. it's good that uh, like getting the crowd going whenever he's playing in front of the cop he always like, turns around like, encourages him all to get behind the team so, I think the fans boost. are his um, drive because yeah. like the mold is when they sing he just turns around looks at him drives him forward and then all of a sudden he's making a really good save I think if the fans get behind him, he'll just produce and mm-hmm. save us, I think. And I like his idea of time-wasting with the ball boys. Yeah. So constantly <laughs> telling them to just <laughs> slow down. <laughs> just walk to that ball and don't run. <laughs> yeah, I, I think we've got a cult hero on our hands, yeah. to be honest with you. I think he's a... I mean, Gary Bennett used to take a lot of inspiration from the crowd and play better, because I think it might be another one like that. I think. Definitely I think. good signing for Exxon. Yeah. Definitely, and I think yeah, little's been astute in the mar- talent of marketing boards. No pleasure. Right, well, at the end of the day, you can't be loved by everyone, but <laughs> I think he's getting his respect. That's yeah. A, yeah. Uh, if it's a, if it is like the crowd getting the, the the keeper to get good saves and momentum up, why don't you get down there? <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> get down to spot them. Absolutely, you know? I think that's a good point to leave off on there. If you're listening to this, you must be a Wrexham fan, so you make sure you're down there dagging them on Easter Monday, yeah. cheering the lads on. Okay, uh, well, thanks very much to everyone. That was great. Our, our first podcast it was a good, good exercise. That I think. Right, we're off now. It's having put the world to rights uh, to have a well-earned break, but keep your eyes peeled to wrexhamfan.co.uk you can subscribe to us on iTunes as well and watch out we'll be back in the near future with more words of wisdom about Wrexham Dragon Talk the podcast discusses everything about Wrexham FC that was a download from the Wrexham Supporters Association's football commentary for more information visit www.wrexhamfan.co.uk